0: hey hello hello welcome to the show welcome to the next episode of the social impact founder talks the show where we talk every week uh with entrepreneurs that uh doing business for social goods that doing business to make an impact uh, businesses in sustainable industry, businesses in other kinds of industries, all about impacts and all about uh, following their purpose. And this time we also have like every week amazing guests uh, in the show. Um, and uh, that his name is uh, Akil, and I have to see that, I say it well, like Sivan Amdan. Akil Sivan Amdan, he is um, he's working actually already for 13 years in um the sustainable sector. Uh, he did, he worked from multinationals. he worked uh, in consultancy projects. Um, so he, he's been around already for a, a long time. And today he is the co-founder um, of Green Story. What Green Story is and how we founded the company and what they are doing today, that's something I'm gonna let him tell uh, himself uh, to you, to the audience. But before i bring him in uh, i just wanted to tell you that um, if you if you're here let us know just put a comment uh, here below or um, uh, say your name where you're calling in from if you have a question there is always the opportunity to ask questions during the show so then uh, you get an answer uh, immediately and uh, that's also good to be more interactive uh, and be yeah, there on the spot whenever it's necessary. So uh, I can't wait. I will bring uh, Akil into the show. And uh, yeah, let's get started. All right.
1: Hey, Akil, Hi, how are, you? how are you doing? I'm good, I'm how are good. you?
0: Yeah, great, great. Uh, thanks for being here. Thanks for being a guest at the show. Um, it's exciting, this is our seventh episode and uh, I'm really happy to have you here because you're actually uh, the first founder uh, in more like the tech industry, I would say, uh, that uh, has like a technology solution for uh, social impact uh, entrepreneurs or enterprises. Uh, and I'm really looking forward uh, to hear more about that, to hear more about your stories. So yeah, let's just start. Who is Akil?
1: Who is a kill? Well, basically, uh, from a professional point of view, I'm somebody who's really dedicated to sustainability and have spent the last 13 years trying to figure out what's the best way to help uh, the world avoid disaster. Uh, to <laughs> me, uh, my journey started in 2007 after I graduated, and I worked mm-hmm. in consulting for four years. Uh, really into sustainability from eco labels to clean energy to everything else. I was in India at the time, but uh, worked all around the world. And then I moved to Canada, 2011. Uh, So um, I've emigrated there. And I initially started working in mergers and acquisitions before I moved on to work with the government in carbon offsetting. Uh, And uh, as much as I like the work in the government, it's a bit too slow. (laughs) I wanted results a bit faster. And that's why uh, my kind of impatience and my seeing like the world was really going a bit too slowly towards solutions led me to start my own company, Green Story, with my uh, co-founder. And uh, the idea behind Green Story is quite simple. Just it's all about getting people to make greener choices. That's the end goal. If in the end of the day, if you're making uh, a shopping trip and you pick something up, you, you can kind of wait and say, hang on, should I buy this? What's my impact of doing that? Uh, mm. That that means it's mission accomplished for us. Uh, so uh, the, the idea behind Green Story is to make it easy for customers to make those green choices and make it easy for companies to show what that uh, choice
0: looks like. Yeah, great. We can uh, we can talk a little bit more about Green Story um, in in a minute. But before that, I'm actually very curious because it's you and your co-founder. Um, how, how did you met each other and how did you came up with the idea of developing uh, this uh, application?
1: Yeah. So we actually met during our MBA. Uh, we went to a very finance heavy school, uh, Rotman school of management, which is a top school in Canada. It's a part of U of T. Uh, Hmm. but were one of five people in the whole batch of 200 people who were interested in sustainability. Uh, so, you know, talk about being a minority. Uh, so for us it's kind of natural that we kind of drifted towards each other and started working with each other. Uh, so, Initially, we were just like meeting up uh, every weekend uh, after we graduated uh, to kind of brainstorm ideas. So we used to meet up at the library or meet up at the Starbucks and just have a have coffee and kind of think, okay, what is it that we wanna do? How do you want our careers to be? How do you want the world to be? And and yeah. over time, over the course of two, three years, we prototype many different solutions and Green Story is one that we successfully tested. It was initially a, a massive excel file uh, which we sold to somebody and then we kind of change that excel into the software solution you see now
0: yeah yeah exactly so and yeah what Grain story uh actually does is uh providing data uh which is useful actually one for um yeah uh, the brand actually this uh solid uh different items or is doing or is involved in different projects around sustainability and social impact but also for the consumer uh i guess you know uh, so that consumer knows actually what the impact is when they buy something uh, at, at certain at a certain brands so um yeah can can you tell a bit more about that so what is green story uh, what is it doing and um yeah how it can you implement is- that and stuff
1: It's very important when you think about GreenStory, not to think of it as data, but to think of it as consumer focused. We're not like a company that's solely, uh, that's leading with the data. We're leading with the consumer's mindset first. So the core of everything that we do, whatever we develop is always around the customer's journey and the choices that they make. So in in GreenStory's case, uh, for our base platform, what we do is we work with companies to calculate the impact of their products, and showcase mm-hmm. it to customers. Now the showcasing part is where really Green Story is unique and shines, uh, we take this information and through infographics and other visuals, we embed it at certain points in the customer's journey on the homepage or the landing page, the, at each individual product page next to a call to action such as add to cart and in the shopping cart, for example, next to the buy now button. Uh, and then yep. finally, when once they make the purchase, they actually get a thank you email, which shows their impact. And once they unpack is the product, they can scan a QR code or see a list, which actually shows them the supply chain behind it and the impact of the item they brought. So it's, it's really constantly understanding the customer's journey, then reminding them mm-hmm. why they're making a greener purchase. So that's the kind of a core idea behind it.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. OK, and then uh, yeah, an important question, I guess, that people uh, would ask is, like, where do you get the data from?
1: A lot of uh, data mining, basically. We spent four years uh, figuring this out. But uh, the first thing that we do is uh, we have a lot of partnerships that are, that we've set up with companies like EcoInvent, with companies like uh, Spira, which have been unearthing this kind of data for a long time. We've also worked in over 100 supply chain projects over the last three, four years so that's mm-hmm. that's a lot of data that we have uh, which you're able to then extrapolate to get everything else and then we also rely on third-party data uh that we, mm-hmm. you know from academic journals and university partnerships that we have and finally yeah. primary data from the customers themselves so we'll talk directly to the suppliers and understand their processes and model it out and the modeling out is is a standardized process we try not to kind of say there's a secret algorithm or anything because Without the transparency, there's no point in showing the data. So we used mm-hmm. uh, ISO process ISO 14000 series to model out the life cycle analysis of each item. Instead of trying to create a new process and making it more complex and weirder, we just try to see what is standardized and uh, build on that.
0: Yeah. Okay. Um, so does every company in every industry can use this? Or do you work with certain industries that there, there can benefit more from this uh, solution?
1: We primarily work with fashion. Uh, and that's because we have seen fashion like there is a, a strong need towards transparency and sustainability because of various incidents that have happened over the last 10 years. I would say the industries where we've had the most interest with uh, uh, from our food, uh, fashion and foods we've chosen not to work with foods right now because there's not as much data available and this complexity of ingredients while well, fashion because of uh, a lot of research that's been put in place by companies like textile exchange um sphere and a few others there's like a lot of information that's available which allows us to look at this uh, look at this data uh, if the data was available in every industry sure this can be applicable anywhere but data yeah. availability is is typically what's preventing this from spreading beyond and and if you see there are a lot of companies which work on transparency for example like supply chain transparency ulula uh, retraced a few others uh they tend to work within minerals uh, or within fashion because these are the industries where the, the data is there and the transparency setup is there
0: yeah yeah, yeah, exactly. But um, you can, yeah, You. that's the good thing that you mentioned. You cannot know everything, right? So you can probably uh, figure out um, everything about manufacturing the products, uh, the materials they use, and and whole process. Um, but uh, I'm not sure if you can also give data about uh, yeah how the people are uh the, the 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 situation that people work in for example um or or more in, in inputs about the production itself or the people that uh that are involved in and in all these kind of things so do you you, you you yeah how do you do that
1: well we've tried to do that because there is very little like measurement that can be done right uh, at least mm-hmm. on a per product level on uh, like social impact uh unless you're looking at it over a long period of time or looking at very broad measurements because we try to do very specific measurement we stick with environmental it's scientific we can you know basically take some kind of a meter and measure the carbon emissions things like that uh versus yeah. it's harder to do in a credible way with social impact we have looked at some metrics when we're trying to identify this like fair wage labor paid because you can actually look at the dollar invoices and the receipts uh and uh, maybe like a training uh, provided uh, to people or or like uh better, Mm -hmm. like working conditions provided, things like that, that, that we've we've set up, but uh, a quantification of impact I find is incredibly uh, difficult in social. And I don't really see that anywhere. A lot of people do it through transparency scores and how a transparency scores is measured is, is almost like just people going through reports and seeing what's the ease from their idea of like talking to uh, suppliers and putting some uh, boxes around that right but there is no yeah. real actual measurement that's done and that's that's the most that that can happen right now
0: yeah yeah what are the most common metrics that you uh that you use or uh, that that you provide to uh clients
1: so when we work with clients uh at the end of a life cycle analysis you typically get uh, a bunch of different metrics which talk about the material flows that are inherent to the process what i mean by that is when you create something you kind of have things like uh, carbon emissions uh, you have energy usage you have wastewater and water usage and things like that right so we mm-hmm. look at all of that and typically when we uh, finally display it we found that again going back to the consumer and what people understand what people relate to the most is water usage uh, carbon emissions and energy mm-hmm. usage so we tend to show those three metrics out but we also show things like uh one level of abstraction for that. For example, instead of saying carbon emissions as just KgCO2e, which is the tech, uh, the scientific technical term, we will uh, instead showcase it as cars off the road, a number of trees planted, because that's something concrete that people can relate to. Well, if you say one ton of carbon, you, you really can't visualize it. It's it's like incredibly complex. It's a gas, like yeah. how, how does it weigh one ton, right? like those mm-hmm. those kinds of things like are, are are difficult to quantify for people and that's why we we kind of showcase it in a in a different way so they can actually picture it in their heads.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Um yeah, let's talk also a little bit about the business. It's as such um, this but it's like a typical B2B actually yeah because you are your clients are the brands or uh, uh, the the companies actually uh in the sustainability uh, industry. Um so uh, I guess a lot of them are actually uh, listening right now, so uh, that can be interesting uh, <laughs> for sure. Um, so, how do you? How long do you exist now? And actually, and how has the company changed over the years? I would say.
1: So we we've been around for uh, almost five years now. But the company was initially a very hybrid company. We were doing a lot of consulting projects uh, for many different industries, uh, you know, to your point, we worked with many different industries at one, one point, or were like, uh, in talks with them. And typically the projects were big consulting projects, which had a technical component at the end, which which used to be like integration of the metrics, but over time, we, we realized that this is something only larger and larger companies could afford. Uh, and the smaller companies which were really being innovative in, in sustainability were completely underserved. There was no solution mm-hmm. like this for them. So what mm-hmm. we did was we we took some time to actually create like huge data sets and make it more affordable and accessible. I, I'll give you an example. Like if we were to do uh, a comparative life cycle assessment as a consultant, like and I'm talking about any rates, uh, you're probably looking at twenty to thirty thousand euros starting, right? To do okay things like. Typically if a client starts working with us, uh, we can do a, uh, a comparative analysis in, is included. And that starts at $199 a month for with a one year commitment. So you're looking mm-hmm. at a bit less than uh, one eighth the price. Uh, mm-hmm. So we are, we are able to kind of bring it down and that's the evolution we've had. I, I think it's also the evolution of the vision. Like for us, it's not about like g- making the most money and getting with the biggest brands. It's about making it accessibility and really democratizing sustainability data so that everyday people and smaller companies can make sustainable decisions.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Uh, let, let's, and that's maybe a little bit technical, but uh, I also have that background a little bit. So um, how... Um, how do you integrate it uh, into your website? So is it actually uh, comparable or um, that's not comparable? Is it like, uh, does does it work with all kinds of platforms or um, how does it work?
1: So it works with uh, pretty much uh, every shopping platform out there, especially the standardized ones like Magento, Shopify, uh, WooCommerce, whatever you're using, uh, like Salesforce, Cloud Commerce for some of the larger companies. Uh, But we also have an API system that kind of, so it's essentially a plugin with a a JS script, which will scan the product type and based on the product codes inputted, actually showcase the impact. But for uh, what we've seen with a lot of uh, like, uh, I I guess, older companies is they have their own uh, kind of uh, systems that they've built up. So for that, we have a, a set of API plugins, which they can then integrate into their site which would show the metrics we kind of made it as broad as possible so that anybody can use it anywhere yeah uh, for okay. companies which aren't fully online we also have a qr code implementation system where somebody can just scan a qr code and they can see the metrics on their phone
0: okay that's when you have the items uh, in your hands actually so that's also for shop owners and, and, and thing
1: Yeah. Okay. Absolutely. Nice. What we have seen it's used a lot for is you know before Corona a lot of expos uh, and also like uh, now as a kind of loyalty gift like when you make the purchase it's nice to have a good QR code you can scan and then kind of see yeah. what you actually bought.
0: Yeah, I I noticed that a lot of um, brands are doing that in the sustainable uh, sustainable industry. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Okay. Uh, let's talk a little bit about social impact, eh, because uh, you're already a few years uh, active uh, in that industry, in that sector. Um, how how do you see, what, what is the evolution that you've seen there, and, and what do you expect, actually, in the coming years?
1: Well, I'm, Hank, I'm, I'm sure you've seen the last six months have been pretty crazy in the space. Like, suddenly, <laughs> everybody's talking about it, because, like, uh, uh-huh. people have had more time to stop and think and, uh, you know, make the changes, Right. And also, yeah. I think what happened is every large uh company has had to switch to uh being more online, and if everybody's searching for like a dress online or organic dress online, suddenly the playing field is a lot more leveled because uh, you're yeah. you know fighting on SEO and you have a lot of uh like new brands, new companies which are being discovered uh which are more sustainable perhaps that are being discovered. So yeah. the, I think the evolution I've seen is like, for, for the last maybe three years, there was a steady rise in terms of uh, consumer insights into sustainability, consumer understanding and need for sustainability. But over the last six months, the game has completely changed. Now it's, it's a lot more flattening. There's a lot more need for sustainability. At, at the same time, you got to balance it with cost. So you're actually seeing yeah. um, sustainable fashion actually become a lot more accessible to the everyday consumer. I've seen shirts for like, you know, $20, $30, which, you know, about six, seven months ago would have cost $80, right? Like people are seeing this more of a market for this and going a bit more down market, making it more affordable. Uh, at mm-hmm. the same time, there is a lot more transparency and a lot more questions that are being asked by consumers, which companies are really scrambling to answer. And that's, I mean, it's been great for us because a, a lot of them come to us and kind of yeah. want to kind of showcase their impact and and talk through it. But uh, I'm actually surprised at some of the conversations I've had over the last six months with companies who traditionally would not be considered sustainable, but are really scrambling for it now because that's the pressure that's being brought on from their customers. Yeah. So you have these large companies suddenly saying, "Oh my God, we got to be transparent. We got to know our supply chain. We got to be sustainable because that's where the yeah. market's going. So we need to get there."
0: Yeah. No. Yeah. Definitely. Definitely. I think there is, uh, in general, like just more awareness um, around all these topics. Um, but there are more dynamics that play here. You know, it's uh, one, uh, people uh, become more conscious about uh, things that you're consuming, and also they start asking questions about uh, how bigger brands are operating. Um, but on the other hand, you, you, we're living in a crisis situation as well. So uh, a lot of people are also going more into a kind of survival mode. Uh, they, uh, they stop consuming as well. Um, so, how do you look at that actually? Because, uh, yeah, if people stop consuming, Uh, It's not very promising uh, for brands either actually um, to uh, to make an impact because if they if they cannot sell their goods or um, Yeah, then they cannot make impact, you know, so how do you see that evolving? Uh,
1: It's funny because like I I actually think there is a lot of space for the uh, Sustainable brands to take over because right now if you look at sustainable fashion, for example, it's 1% of the total market it's i think uh, apparel is like a 5 trillion dollar market and uh sustainable eco fashion is is about 5 billion off that right so it's it's not a massive massive uh like uh, market right now but that means there is like you know 950 and 995 billion dollars to grow into so uh, <laughs> you know it, it's it's a massive space that can grow it's, so it's not an idea of like you got to consume more to kind of get sustainable brands to grow. It's like you have to consume different instead of what you would uh, think of buying. Uh, maybe buy like a, a a more expensive item which will last you longer. And I know that's, that's a very privileged yeah. position. Uh, not everybody can do that, but I am that, seeing that shift happen in, at least in the middle class in people's minds. The other thing that I'm seeing and which has been a very pleasant surprise has been uh, the shift towards second hand especially among Gen Z and younger millennials, the stigma of buying secondhand has kind of gone away. People are very happy to buy good quality products secondhand. You know, you get, uh, you know, high quality things from companies like say Bestiaire, which uh, are Rent the Runway and companies like that. Uh, You can just kind of buy buy these items and uh, and kind of keep it, right? Uh, And uh, suddenly you have a high quality product that you paid like $20, but I'll, I'll give you an example. Like I, I got married last year and my, my wife didn't want to buy a big, expensive wedding dress. So she brought mm-hmm. a really nice one, a designer one from, uh, from thread up, which is a secondhand store, uh, for $25, uh, yeah. which, you know, otherwise cost her about a thousand dollars. So it's like, it's amazing what's available out there. It's really beautiful, high quality
0: item, Right. Yeah. Yeah, true. Yeah, true. For wedding, um, wedding, yeah, wedding dresses. Uh, yeah, you know, in it, it depends how you you look at that, you know, because for more, a lot of people it has like a kind of emotional. Uh, people have like an emotional attachment to that, you know, so uh, they want to keep it for the rest of their lives. And for other people, they, they think about that differently. It's like okay, that's one item. I have it. I wear it one time. So why why, why would I keep it? I can you know, make sure that someone else can use it as well. So it's a kind of it's a mindset. Um, and, and, and you see that that, that mindset, there's a shift going on, actually. And, and definitely in the younger generations, like you already mentioned, uh, you see that in articles coming up that they are, in general, more aware uh, about what they buy, where they buy it, from who they buy it. Um, so, yeah, that's really an important trend uh, that we see uh, coming up.
1: Yeah. And I think people have been sold this consumerist life for so long that you need to shop to feel good. Uh, you know, retail mm. therapy and all of those things, and you know, you have to dress up in the nicest styles. And a lot of people are recognizing that more and more that it's this big lie. I, I don't need to do that. There are better things to do in life. So they're they're more willing maybe to stop and consider their purchases. And especially now, they're already doing that. But as they're stopping and they're thinking of buying the next four dress, maybe they'll look to explore beyond uh, you know the 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 fast fashion items of the world. And just take mm-hmm. that li- little step to, maybe it's not like full fast fashion; it's semi fast fashion. But you you get something that's organic, and yeah. might last just a little bit longer, and which you hold a bit more dear because you've thought about it.
0: Yeah, yeah, no, definitely true. Uh, I, I I recognize this from previous conversations that I had. Actually, um, uh, everyone is different. Every consumer is different. You know, uh, you cannot expect from consumers that they wear their clothes for 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 years long. They some consumers they just want and that's nothing wrong with that i think in my opinion just some people and mostly women they just want to look different every week or wear different items every month um uh, but if that can happen with materials that are um, organic that can go back to nature without uh, polluting it then then that's okay right Uh, i would say um so and if someone else chooses to buy something more durable and, and keep that for the longer time that's fine too that's all that are actually two different um uh, yeah, things that, that uh, take care of, of uh, yeah, the, the, the environment, like sustainable um, behaviors, I would say. <laughs> yeah, and, and um,
1: it's more accessible to do that now. Like uh, like 10 years ago, uh, you wouldn't have found a thread up to kind of send your clothes back to. Uh, now it's really easy to do that. Just send a mailing box, order it online and send it out. There is platforms like uh, I just recently found out about this really cool platform called Recurate. Uh, it's a Shopify app but it allows brands to kind of take back their items and resell it uh, after yep. the customer is done with it. And that includes returns and a lot of these things, right? So suddenly there is a lot more enablement of the circular economy that's happening.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's interesting, I haven't heard about that. Yeah, okay, nice. So um, how what, what do you see uh, uh, the coming time for you actually? What's next for you? Uh, next for us is actually really exciting.
1: So I always wanted to, uh, go beyond and actually funnel some of the money from brands into, uh, social and, uh, environmental development projects. And we are recently able to utilize that with the, uh, with the new release of our carbon offsets, system. So what that is, is a direct plugin that goes on top of our existing platform, which will enable, because we are measuring the footprint of the brand for each item sold, we can actually take that footprint and offset exactly that footprint. Like, so mm-hmm. whenever whatever the customer's buying till their doorstep is completely carbon neutral. And the next item we are going to do very soon in the next uh, 30 days is basically have a toggle which will allow a customer to offset their footprint as well in terms of the usage of that item. So number of times you wash it and all of these things. So it, it really is, is uh, about Contributing to a better world, and uh, the projects yeah. we've picked out, I'm really excited about. We partnered with Gold Standard with uh, with a few other companies out there, like South Pole, uh, and we have picked out some amazing carbon offset projects which directly impact the supply chain of the brands that you work with. So, suppose the brand is manufacturing in Cambodia, we will have offset mm-hmm. projects in that community. So that community is healthier, it's greener, and the people are better employed.
0: Yeah, that's great. That's nice. Yeah, um, where can people find you? And uh, before you answer that, you, you mentioned that and I saw that uh, already that you are organizing different kind of webinars. So maybe you can also tell a little bit more about that so that people can follow you, follow you directly. Oh yeah,
1: absolutely. Uh, thank you for allowing me space for that. Uh, so <laughs> we basically, uh, you can find out all about our webinars on our uh, website, it's uh, greenstory.ca or you can go to green-story.com, uh, either website works uh okay. and in in that uh we are we are actually having five webinars that we are hosting uh this week uh three are already completed you can watch the replays but if you go under re, uh, under uh resources events and webinars in the main menu you'll actually find all the webinars that are ongoing you can watch the replays and you can participate in the next one which is actually in half an hour <laughs> and and there is uh another one tomorrow but uh during both these all of these webinars, we're talking about carbon offset, the importance of communities, and the importance of really social impact. And today is a great panel because today we are talking to uh, five brands who are all all in on carbon neutrality, who have really been uh, leading the charge in terms of sustainability. So, and they're from all over the world. So, it's I'm really excited about this, uh, especially mm-hmm. with Green Story because we're in a niche market. Hank, as you can understand, like this. There's only one percent of fashion brands that are sustainable. Because of that, we're yeah. present in many countries with many pioneers. So we're in 15 different countries. I think we have four countries represented today in today's panel. So that will be uh, nice. It's really exciting uh, about that. Yeah.
0: Yeah. No. yeah Sounds uh, sounds really nice. Definitely. Uh, before we end, uh, is there something that you want to say that you want to tell the audience or some kind of messages you want to give?
1: Yeah, uh, one, like you already said that, do attend our talks. It, it'll be awesome. Uh, and before I say anything more, Hank, thank you for this opportunity. Uh, it's been such a pleasure speaking with you. Uh, and finally, I'd like to say, if you'd like to learn more about sustainability about green story, just reach out on our website. Uh, the, you can go to the book a demo site or there's a ton of videos out there. Go to greenstory.ca or you can reach out uh, at connect at greenstory.ca and we'll be happy to take on any questions that you have.
0: All right, okay, awesome. Thanks a lot, uh, Akhil, it was uh, very interesting. Um, thanks for being here, thanks for taking the time, and I wish you a lot of success, and uh, hopefully a lot of people are showing up on your webinars as well. And uh, yeah, let's stay in touch, and um, that's it. So we can close here. Thank you very much, you. and see you See you soon.
1: Thank you, Hank. bye.
0: Bye. Yay another amazing episode. Uh, I hope you liked it. I think it's a very uh, different story than the other ones we had before. Uh, this is uh, yeah, really uh, uh, more like a more B2B approach, uh, but directly also to consumers, because it's just very important that consumers know what they are buying, that they uh, see immediately what impacts they can make by buying certain products, uh, and in this case, mostly fashion products uh, at different, uh, at certain kind of brands. So Thanks uh, for being here, thanks for watching. I hope you liked it. Um, if you do, uh, give us a like, give us some love, uh, put comments here. And um, next week we have another episode with another amazing guest. So um, I'm really looking forward to that. Again, um, the, the, who the guest will be, that's something that will be announced on uh, Monday. So um, that's it. So I wish you uh, a good rest of your day and i see you next week. Bye bye.